Hey everybody, it's Zach, and welcome to the second episode of the Croning Pains Podcast. Uh, before we get started today, I just wanted to first say uh, thank you to everybody who listened to my first podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to it, uh, definitely check it out. It was about uh, just basically a very broad version of my you know, history of having Crohn's disease being diagnosed all the way to kind of my situation now. I kind of ran through it pretty quick. Um, there's a lot of stuff in between there, but just to kind of get you guys an idea of who I am, where I came from, what my experiences are, I did get a little bit of feedback from you. Uh, I do appreciate any feedback, so if you have any questions, concerns, or things you want me to talk about, definitely feel free to reach out to me either via SoundCloud or uh, eventually I'm going to get some social media accounts going and you could contact me through there as well. But uh, one thing that I did notice and I don't know if I, I don't think I clarified this in the first episode and that's the fact that everybody with IBD has a very unique case. I think it's very important to know that especially for people who are just friends and family of people who have some type of IBD everything is kind of a unique uh, experience with it like so what may work for me may not work for somebody else and the same vice versa so I don't want anybody um, to force just only my views on what I've done and you know I think they're if you're gonna let somebody know something that you've heard just know that it's possible that it won't work so don't you know don't keep pushing them until they try it or whatever, just because I, you know, it's important to know that they are, everybody is different, so, after that, moving on, so today we're going to talk about something that I don't really like talking about, but I think it's important to talk about here in the first, you know, for the second episode, just because I feel like once you are in the doctor's office and they diagnose you with Crohn's disease, the first step for them to take is to figure out how to treat it long long term. Now they may they may give you something short term, but obviously this is they haven't found a cure uh, not yet at least and you know they're going to try and treat you over the long haul and see if a medication works for you. And that, that all depends on, you know, what they found uh basically how I said it was a case by case basis, it all just depends. So uh, when I first was diagnosed and I was in the doctor's office, uh, medication was something I didn't really want. It was not in my int- best interest at all. I mean, I had, I was 16 or 17, sorry. <clears throat> I was 17 years old and I played, I played soccer through high school. I was an athlete. I, you know, just taking medicine, I was afraid of side effects, I was afraid of long-term things that, you know, these medications that you see, uh, or maybe you've been prescribed have, can cause, and basically being at a young age, I didn't really want to take medication at all, and it was, I was actually really fortunate when I began, because when I was first diagnosed, I was prescribed Colazole, which is a basic anti-inflammatory. I think the right word for it, I have it, um, is an amino salicylate. Now, basically, from what I understand of these, uh, the doctor kind of gave me a little bit of information. Basically, like an anti-inflammatory drug where it just fights the inflammation that's there. Um, I was taking, let's see, I don't know what the dosage was. It's been a long time since I've taken Colazole, but 
I believe I was taking three capsules three times a day. And I remember it was a lot because I just remember feeling full after taking him first thing in the morning. It was like, this is breakfast. <laughs> but um, the other thing that they prescribed me was an antibiotic called uh, Flagyl, which I know is, um, is was there, I was prescribed that Flagyl just because I had a pretty long period of time where I had inflammation and um, doctors also doctors also prescribe it to people who have fistulas or you know anything that where the inflammation is kind of getting out of hand. So I uh, I took that. Um, one of the big concerns of taking Flagyl is you don't want to drink on it. Now I never did, so I can't tell you like a crazy story. But I wish I mean <laughs> for the sake of the podcast, I wish I could. But I never tested fate. You know, it says it pretty strictly. Not only my doctor told it told me that, and then if you read the bottle that your flagell comes in, you'll see it'll definitely say "Do not drink alcoholic beverages" or whatever. So definitely, I wouldn't test fate. And I know for me, I was only seventeen. I was gonna go to college. I was planning on going to college the next year. So that was a big, big concern. And so it's yeah, I wouldn't mess with it but I took that probably for about a year I would say a year and uh wasn't so bad I didn't have any side effects from either of those medications I think the the actual the uh side effects that they cause are actually pretty immediate they're not necessarily like long-term things like in you know infectious diseases or like TB or even like lymphoma or anything like that so Basically, it was just like fever, um, I, changes of color, and you know when you go to the bathroom or whatever. <laughs> but nothing too crazy, um, you know. If you, I know, I'm guaranteeing if I had any issues, they would have just taken me off of it, and the problems would have probably went away pretty quick. But anyway, the other thing too is when I was prescribed these medications, I was only 17, like I said, and one of the things that I want to stress to the younger people out there is that you definitely want to make sure that you're taking your medication on time and that you're actually taking it. <laughs> From when I was 17, I, you know, they gave me corticosteroids which I'll talk about in a minute, but basically you feel really good. You feel really good right when you start taking them. Um especially if you take prednisone like I took. It jump starts your body. I just remember you feel good and you feel like, especially at a young age, you're just like, at that point, it's just like, I'm out, the worst of times are done, and these problems are probably going to go away, and the truth is, it's not going to go away, there's, like I said, you know, we've talked about before, there is no cure yet, but, uh, yeah, there, you got to take your medicine, you know, these problems don't just vanish by themselves, um, and it's important to know that, but, I was kind of ignorant and, you know, I don't know, it probably contributed to my future flare, but I mean, I didn't have a flare. I I would take the medicine, but I was really spotty with it. And some would say that's better than nothing, but if you really want to feel good, take your medication. <laughs> but you're, you'll thank yourself in the long run, especially, you know, if you, you've had a history where it gets really, really, your IBD gets really, really bad. You don't, 
I mean, I've heard the stories just from support groups, and they just, it's something that they urge so hard because you don't want to, you know, have that surgery. You don't want to go through the unnecessary steps that you could have prevented if you just would have, you know, done what you were supposed to and communicated with your doctor about what you were supposed to be doing. And that's, yeah, that's that's the most important thing. But, and, you know, like I said before, the medication is going to depend on your doctor and, you know, what he sees or she sees. And, yeah, and it's all about good communication with your doctor on what your plan is, what your goals are, whether it be what medications you want to avoid or which ones uh, you've heard about that work. It all comes into play. So, you know, it's a lot of work, you know, and taking the medicine is not fun. I was not a big pill taker. I remember like taking Colazole for the first time and those are pretty some pretty big capsules. It's it's not I don't know, it's not like a little Claritin pill or anything. These things are pretty big and you know, when you take 9 of them a day, you uh I don't know, you get used to it. <laughs> Practice makes perfect or at least gets you better at it. So but yeah, um that's another thing I wanted to urge is, you know, it's all about taking your medicine and I, you know, like I said before, I was an athlete. I didn't want to take anything. So trust me on that. You'll you'll thank yourself later, guaranteed. But uh, the next medication that I was prescribed, so I took colazole and uh, colazole for about two, like two years, two and a half years, something like that. Um, I didn't have any big flares. I moved out to California in 2010, and I went to. Uh, I went to City College, and I didn't have any issues my first after my first year, I remember. And I remember visiting home, and, you know, I was in pretty good shape. Uh, the doctor was a little worried. I had, I remember he was, like, a little suspicious of a little bit of inflammation and a little weight loss. But it wasn't anything too significant, so they were just kind of monitoring it. But as I said in the previous episode, you know, it was always kind of like me waiting to go back to the doctor in on the east coast in Massachusetts and basically I you know it was hard to get tests back to him I don't even think I did I did a few remote tests I believe for him that got sent out to him um, but it was a long time ago so I kind of fuzzy on that but anyways basically I got sick late summer of 2011 so around like August and I remember I, you know, it was a big deal because my parents' health insurance wasn't, I mean, it, it covered a lot, but it was kind of difficult to find a doctor that would work with that, that insurance plan on the West Coast since, you know, it was taking place on the East Coast, you know, it, like the insurance was from the East Coast. So it was, you know, a little troublesome just to find a doctor, but it got to the point where I got so sick. And I couldn't wait until, you know, winter break from for school to go back east and, you know, get seen by the doctor over there. So, uh, thankfully, my mom and my brother, they helped me out and they figured out a doctor that would see me. I had some other family members that contributed as well. Uh, I was super grateful for that, especially looking back on it. I just remember being so, like just so sick. I remember I was trying to get in at a class in college and I slept. It, uh, one of my aunts knew somebody who knew a professor and, 
you know, they taught, they, they basically hooked it up for me to go and join, add the class, but I ended up sleeping through the first class because I was so ill. It was, uh, I, I just remember having no energy. I couldn't even move and I didn't even mean to, I'm usually, you know, when it comes to things like that and when people stick their necks out for you, I'm usually, I'm usually all about showing up at least, you know, just to see what the opportunity is. But this, this wasn't an ordinary time for me and it got to the point where it was really, really bad. So I saw a doctor, he ended up, uh, he ended up scoping me out again just for himself to see, you know, exactly where I had the inflammation and my other doctor was a pretty big help too. He gave me a lot of records and stuff like that that he could look at. So he kind of knew a little bit of, you know, what the past had held for me, which was a big help. So after he scoped me out, he prescribed me on 6MP or mercaptopurine, which is an immunomodulator. If you uh actually quick quick uh fact here, if you go to the CCFA website, you can actually see um, it's actually like what is if you click the what is Crohn's and colitis, you'll see IVD medications list. I think is what it's called, and it's it'll give you a rundown of every brand, every you know medicine, every class that those medicines belong to, and basically it just it tells you the side effects, tells you like what it treats, where it treats, everything, any anything you really need to know. Um, but yeah, that doctor. But anyways, feel free to check that out. But anyways, back to the story. Um, the one thing that stunk about the 6MP, and I've heard, you know, in the CCFA meetings, they kind of look at me sideways on this, and I didn't hear anybody else complaining about it. I don't know if they were just used to it. But I had family in the room when I was prescribed 6MP. So, and the one thing I did hear was that you have to take it an hour before you eat anything like first thing in the morning then you gotta wait an hour you, you like it's important that you take it on an empty stomach i would love to hear you guys's feedback on that uh just because that's what i was told and that's what i did and i took six mp for over five years so <laughs> yeah i was postponing eating breakfast all the time or if you sleep in oh man it's it's really difficult so definitely let me know on that he also prescribed me uh, prednisone. I was taking a lot of it. I was taking over 60 milligrams of it a, um, a day. And I just remember the prednisone, which is, you know, corticosteroid, made me super anxious. I got really, really bad moon face. I got the worst ac- cystic acne I've ever had on my body, on my face. It, I remember it just hurt to put on a t-shirt. It was brutal. It was such a struggle. And like, yeah, I it, definitely a demoralizing thing to be on. I was on it for about two months, and that's not even that long compared to a lot of people that I've heard. I've heard some people who are on it for long term just because you know their doctors are still trying out different medications to figure out what works, and a lot of the medications that they prescribe don't actually work, so they just keep them on prednisone. And shout out to those people that I just can't thinking about it is just like I don't even know how I got through school like I just remember I'd always have the bouncing leg I was super anxious I you know I it I had some like little mood swings the appetite is incredible I was gaining like a pound a day for the first 15 days so I gained 15 pounds in like 15 days it was 
whether it was water weight, you know, I was at my lowest weight prior to taking um, the prednisone, but I mean, I lost, I, I gained so much weight so quick. I was down to 117 at the time, and I think I got up to like 132, 133 in the first like few weeks, which was insane. I've never in my life gained weight that fast, even though I was severely underweight. But yeah, that that stuff, I just never again. If I have, if I could, you know, if I could avoid it, I would avoid it. But you know. But when you're really, really sick like I was, you definitely need it. So don't just avoid it because, you know, you're afraid of the side effects. I have taken it prednisone short term and the side effects are very minimal. It's just like once you're like months on end, you know, things can get kind of things. Sorry about that. <laughs> things can get a little bit. Uh, they can get difficult just with different. Everybody reacts differently to different things. And you might not even have the side effects like I did, but. Yeah, it's something personally that prednisone is something that I try to avoid. If there's there's other corticosteroids, um, there's Enacort, which I was prescribed. I had numerous flares um, while taking 6MP, but I was really kind of committed to the 6MP plan. And I had my dose of that increased a few times, but while I was in a flare before they increased the dosage of the 6MP, they would give me what was known as Enacort because I did have a lot of inflammation in my ileum. And Enacort is known to be a pretty good uh, treatment for targeting the ileum. So I was prescribed that. Not nearly as intense as the prednisone. It did take like a little bit longer to actually like start working and making me feel better. But the side effects were very minimal. Because I remember telling my doctor about the prednisone and you know he was like, well, since you know, it's in, you have a lot of inflammation in the ileum. Let's, uh, let's give you Enacort instead and see how you react and how you do. So I was taking that for, you know, I would take that for like one to two months, nothing big deal. And that happened, that was used like for the next three or four years. And, and, uh, basically that would go on for the next few years. I didn't, I didn't want to switch to a biologic just yet. Um, The biologics are always kind of something I was always weary about just because, you know, from what I had heard, uh, from what I had heard, the biologics, like, you know, if they stop working, you can't go back. You know, sometimes your body, you know, doesn't react positively. So, like, I always kind of liked having that buffer above the class of the immunomodulator and that was just like, you know, mentally it was kind of comforting because it's like, well, you know, I'm having these flares, but they're only lasting about a month or two. And then they just give me some steroids and then I go in remission for over a year, you know. And so I, you know, biologic just didn't seem like a good option to me at the time. And I remember I had a really, really bad flare and um, it lasted a prolonged period of time because I was down in uh, Long Beach. I went to Long Beach and my doctor was up in NorCal. And it was very hard to, you know, I had to work with a lot of the student health centers to get the blood work done. It was always running me a little bit of a pretty penny um, to order some of the tests that they wanted. And basically, I had to get like a referral to get a blood test every single time at the student health center, which was very time consuming. I probably spend an hour there a day, like uh, not a day, probably like an hour there every few months for when I was doing my blood work. 
and yeah, it was it was a tough time communicating with my doctor. All they could see was the blood work numbers, and you know they knew I had I was you know they believed me that I was feeling sick, obviously, and but and, and the blood work would show that. However, you know it's hard to kind of treat somebody who you're not seeing. They're not weighing me. They're not, you know. I, I was having fevers randomly. I was having, you know, some issues. I remember going to urgent care. I had to ask them for prednisone because it was getting to the point where uh, it was difficult to, it was difficult to graduate college. It was my senior year. And basically I graduated. I was in the middle of a flare when I graduated college, which wasn't ideal just since, you know, it's a great time to celebrate with friends and family. But you know, you kind of power through. I powered through it, luckily, and, you know, I had a lot of support from a lot of loved ones, so um, that helped me persevere and kind of make that happen, but right after, the week after graduation, I went to the hospital, got scoped out by my doctor, and it just got to the point where he just said, you know what, you're going to need a biologic because this is, uh, you know, we want to prevent you from having inflammation. It seems like they kind of, I developed a pattern you know, once a year, it seemed like every year I was, you know, getting kind of the same sick, like the same style of sick. I was feeling the same symptoms and I was losing a lot of weight. So he was just like, let's get you on a biologic. Let's get you on Humira. Now, when I was told Humira, I was so scared. I knew that it was a, I knew it was a shot and I hate needles. I take it now, um, every other Tuesday. And put it this way, I hate my every other Tuesday. It's the worst. I just can't stand it. But now that I think about it, I need to check if I... Okay. Oof. I, for a second, I thought that my Humera shot was actually this Tuesday. It's next Tuesday. Phew. <laughs> and... Yeah, that's the other thing about biologic is you got to have that, you know, you have to be consistent. I I keep it in my calendar when I'm supposed to take it. My phone gives me alerts. I mean, I probably would have noticed if I missed a dose, but ugh, you can never be too sure. And it's kind of giving me this paranoia. But man, just the fact that it is a needle, it scares the crap out of me. I mean, it's not that it, it doesn't hurt that bad. It feels like a, like if someone flicked you as hard, like if someone that's really good at flicking just just got you. They put their full arm into it, you know? <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it. And then the real pain to me kind of comes from the medication, the pressure of it going into your body. I was taught by my pharmacist that I had to do it into my abdomen. And it always felt to me like, I don't know if you guys have seen like The Last Samurai, but like the general of the um, of the army, he used to be samurai or whatever. He just like stabs himself in the stomach. That's what I felt like. I mean, I don't mean to, <laughs> I don't mean to shame a, like a history of a culture, but that's what it felt like to me. I mean, doing it, going into the doctors. I remember how anxious I was, and after the first shot, I remember just feeling woozy and like I I had to like take a lap around the doctor's office because because you have to do four initially when you start the treatment, and then after the next time after that you do two, and then you narrow it down to one every other week after that. But man, oh, just uh, the horror. Like I remember the the pharmacist was playing the song Happy For Me by Pharrell. I hate that song. Like I didn't like it because it was always overplayed on the radio all the time. 
but dang, I hate it now, man. Like that is, if I hear that song, there's only one thing I think about when I take that. When I is, and that's the Humera. I just, if I hear it, I just think about the Humera instantly in that in that appointment and just sitting in the doctor's office and how long it took for me to do all four of those shots. Uh, man, I. She must have thought I was like the biggest, <laughs> I was the biggest wuss. I've called myself every version of wuss, and that's the nicest version of it. <laughs> Just to try and urge myself and psych myself up to do the shot. It usually takes me about 30 to, 30 minutes to an hour about that. And I know that you can do it via syringe, like I'll teach you how to do the syringe without the spring-loaded pen, but... I don't know. I haven't talked. I haven't gotten the chance to talk to my doctor about it, which I probably should. And I don't know. I've I've kind of developed a a system. I mean, I just I just keep pressing down, and the and the more you keep like putting a little pressure, but you don't push it, the easier it gets to actually push it in. Because it does take a little bit of strength with your thumb to push it down. And when you do click it, it just makes a pop. It like a really loud pop. If you, if for you guys who have taken this stuff, like you know what it's like. I mean, that just that sound. It's almost like a, like a conditioning, like a mental conditioning where you hear it and it's just like, it almost like just takes your breath away. You you know what's coming. So it's always difficult and you tense up when you do it. I cheated. I always had somebody to do it for me um, for the first like six or seven months of taking it. Maybe even longer, eight months. It wasn't until basically I is like the end of winter time, like February, that I started doing it on my own. I remember my roommates, I, I ran out of people basically in my area to actually inject me. So I had old friends do it, but they were kind of far. I was like, I'm not driving like 30 minutes. I'm not driving 30 minutes to, uh, you know, for someone else to do this shot. I just got to learn how to do it myself. And, you know, it was a good learning experience. Just you, you have to overcome your fears eventually. So my advice is to start as soon as possible. You don't want to have a dire situation like I did where you're just looking like cr- like crazy to find someone to inject you with the Humera. I mean, you have to know how to do it with yourself yourself, just so you can do it if, you know, in a dire situation where you have to do it by yourself. That's my advice for sure. And, you know, and it's only one pen a you know, every other week, so you do basically two a month, which in, you know, hindsight, it's not that bad, but time goes quick, man, and it just feels like you're always, you know, back there doing that, and like I said, it takes me 30 minutes to an hour. My roommates all make fun of me. They they call me out. They're like, so how long did it take you to do it this time, or, you know, or they'll go run an errand that they know would only take them like 30 minutes, and they'll be like, I bet you like dinner or lunch that you're not going to have it done by the time I get back. And it's just like, so that kind of competition has helped me. Uh, if you can find some way t- to make yourself do it, then by all means you should do it because, you know, you don't want to miss a dose. Like I said, antibodies can build up in your body against that drug and it won't work anymore if you miss a dose. So it's just, it's good to keep up with it. And, and so far for me, I've been on it for a year over a year, a year and a few months, and I've had great results. I'm at an all-time high weight, um, which is good. I'm kind of like filling out, which is nice. I'm not, you know, I kind of blew up kind of quick there for a little bit, you know, just 
I think once you start getting better and better and better, it's just, you know, you start noticing the results and you realize like, you know, food is your friend again. You're just like, oh yeah, I'd love to eat again. (laughs) I feel like that was the biggest thing for me is like being able to enjoy your food and not like having issues like immediately after, like a few minutes after. Oh my God, it's the greatest feeling. Just remission. And I just remember the feeling I had, you know, I spent a weekend with my family after my graduation, and I, the only thing that I wish that could have been better was just my health. You know, I, I really enjoyed um, the time I spent with them at that moment, and I just wish I had felt a little better that I could have even enjoyed it a little bit more. But, you know, it's kind of the repercussions of being away from your doctor when you go to school. But, you know, if you're in college, definitely find a way – to communicate with your doctor. I was communicating through email directly, which was nice. I had nurses that would give me direct in, uh, contact information in case I needed anything kind of immediately, whether I needed, you know, a refill or, you know, they needed to talk to somebody at the student health center to get the right blood work done, whatever it was. It, it was definitely a help, even though it was a little bit of a struggle to work that out. But yeah, the Humeras worked for me. Um, I can I hope it continues to work. I do not like the method of injecting myself, but hey, you can't argue with results. And if that's what it's going to take for me to feel better, you know, that's what I want to do. And you know, the one thing that did convince me to switch over to Humera because I was super fearful of you know biologics as a whole. I just didn't want to go into that class of drugs. And my mom got this advice from somebody in a Crohn's colitis meeting that, you know, this is kind of the reason why everybody should go to these types of support groups. And you you meet people who have been, you know, in discussions with doctors and, like, people who are really in the game in the most recent, um, you know, they know up-to-date information that you should know. And this one guy, he's a super nice guy, and, you know, he's kind of been, uh, he's been like a cheerleader for from afar for me, and I really appreciate all the support that that group, you know, they're in Massachusetts and Boston and they, uh, they give me a big, they always tell my mom, you know, they're thinking about me and they always support me from afar and I really do appreciate it. And what he told my mom was basically what his doctor told him is when you have inflammation, you're doing, you're setting yourself up for further damage to your body. Now, if you're, if it's side effects that you're afraid of, then you know, you're more at risk for these horrible things when you have this, a lot of inflammation in your body. So it's better just to treat it and, you know, leave yourself up to a rare chance. And that kind of, that hit me a lot because that I felt so, I felt so terrible. Like I just didn't feel well at all. And I was, you know, I was kind of on the fence and, you know, that was what put me over. That stuck with me for a long time. I thought about it long and hard. I thought of it thought about it for over a month and you know once it got to that point where I was just so sick that I you know you start you're not hanging out with friends you're not going out you're not you know you don't have the energy to do things that you enjoy doing outside of work or school and that's when your life is just it turns very gray and when you do that it just makes you very dull you isolate yourself and it's never that's never healthy it's just not a good way to go about it so my advice would be to talk with your doctor to find the best way and you know and 
try and figure out a plan. You definitely want to you want to collaborate, not just take what your doctor says verbatim. But you know, biologics had been the idea of biologics had been thrown at me from all of my doctors that I've ever had for a while. From when I moved out to California, they talked about all of them. All of them talked. Sorry, excuse me. All of them talked about it, and basically, my advice would be to you know listen to what they have to say, do your research, and that is just the biggest part: is do your research. And you know your body better than anybody else. So, and you know this is this is your body. So you know don't take anything that these people are telling you lightly. But at the same time. You have to find a doctor that you do trust. That's a very important thing. And, you know, I trusted my doctor and I, I'm glad I listened to him. I'm glad I listened. To, you know, I took the advice from uh, the member of the CCFA meetings. And, and so far, my lifestyle has been so much better. My quality of life is so much better. And the all, it's just, you know, it's for the long haul and, you know, Put it this way, you know, you want to feel good and you have to be optimistic about them finding a cure eventually. I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things going on right now in the research for the cure for uh, like IBD. Um, and I've heard a few of them and I'm increasingly hearing more and more about them and the success being really well, really good. So that's something I'll definitely talk about in another episode. But until then, um, I'm going to close this one out. Thank you guys again for listening. Feel free to reach out, and I hope to hear you, hear from you guys, and I look forward to speaking to you guys again. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to be trying to keep this train rolling uh, at least one to two a week. So, yeah, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind, hit the subscribe button, and I look forward to talking to you guys soon. All right, have a good one, guys.